0: Hey, this is PJ Souls and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo, keep listening.
1: In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciates proper shaving etiquette my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're continuing our celebration of women in horror month as we sink our teeth into catherine bigelow's 1987 cult classic near dark but before we get into that, let me remind you we're a part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your finger looking good hole. <laughs> and if you are out on the social media, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at nightmare junkhead yes and it is on such a uh, social media account that uh this particular episode is being released on friday february 15th mm-hmm. and if you are here a in the kansas d- city short area the 13th oh uh, uh, well of course uh, mm. yeah we actually i think we have to wait another 200 some odd days for that oh i know and i was looking at that i was like i realized that's our you know that many days till our next friday the 13th commentary track so <laughs> we have that to look forward to uh but if you are in the kansas city area here on february 15th the uh in continuation of celebration mm-hmm. of Women in Horror Month, uh, Kansas City Horror Club has something going on. Is that correct, Genius?
2: Yes, we are showing a very special, Soska Sisters, American Mary. This movie is amazing. Not only written and directed by two strong women, featuring a very strong woman-dominated cast, it's a fantastic movie and it's messed up i dig it a lot
1: this is one i have never seen in the theater me neither i'm excited to see it i'm anxious to see this on the big screen and and this is
2: a good periphery watching too Especially to see people for the first time. Yeah. There are certain scenes in
1: here. And I think, actually, if you go back to our catalog, that was probably one of the first 10 episodes we did. Mm -hmm. So it's been one near and dear to us. So if you are in the Kansas City area, please come out. It is going to be a grand old time.
2: Tap Cade, 17th and McGee. Yes.
1: Uh, Now, of course, as we are here in the month of February and with in the world of horror we are celebrating women in horror month Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out already but on shutter make sure you check out horror noir it is wonderful it is next level it is everything you can want from a horror documentary
2: nice i gotta it's, check it out it's, it's on my list
1: it's again so many freaking I things to do i'm gonna chastise you right now genius hey
2: we're close to march man i'm trying my best <laughs> that's right that's right
1: <laughs> but no this is the time of the year where we love to solo you know have our favorite women in horror talk mm-hmm. about their favorite women in horror and our next guest guys you know her um you can hear her she's basically she travels and talks and basically tells you all that is great in genre cinema, whether you're in Chicago or the Midwest. Uh, please, welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead. You know her as the blonde in front, Katie Glidewell.
0: Hi, guys.
1: Good evening. How are you there, Katie?
0: <laughs> I am very, very well. How are you, lovely gentlemen?
2: Doing fantastic. Like we said, it's always a blast when you're on there because it's the blonde in the front and the messes in the middle. So... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so before we start this feast here, please remind our listeners, uh, where can they find you out on the social media? Please plug and promote away.
0: Uh, on Instagram, I'm um, The Blonde in Front. On Facebook, The Blonde in Front. On YouTube, it's The Blonde in Front. And then my blog is Front. So it's pretty much The Blonde in Front anywhere you go. Just, uh, I know there have been some times <laughs> when I... It's changed now. I have checked that recently, but there were a few times when I was marketing myself to some people and they looked up my uh, site on Facebook. And there's some different things that come up that aren't um, for the G-rated Disney family (laughs) stuff that I wasn't too happy about, about um, not shaving certain areas and stuff like that. And I'm not sure why that came up like that, but that is not doing that anymore anymore uh you know you learn you learn and they liked my site still so i mean at least there's that's a funny story of how they found it but uh yeah the blondeinfront.com, true story guys
1: <laughs> well it's good to see you exploring all genres you know not just necessarily <laughs> focusing all of the things that you know freak people out you know you're family friendly occasionally
0: yeah f- occasionally occasionally yeah <laughs>
2: Just the wrong kind of family on that one.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. saw his family. Watch my videos, so I have to be, you know, somewhat (laughs) G-rated, so they can show their friends.
1: (laughs) Well, the last time we saw you, and we tried to, and this is the craziness of Panic Fest. But the last time we saw you was when you were here uh, for the Panic Film Festival that was held here at the Screenland Armor, and we had plans on meeting just because you were in town. We're like, oh my God, Katie's in town. We can talk. We can record. Mm -hmm. But it just, you know, that's how chaotic it is. (laughs) It's Panic Fest.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, what I was planning on, um, yeah, talking to you possibly Sunday night and then Monday and then my three of my flights got canceled going out Monday night and I finally got out by train and it took me 15 hours to get from Kansas City by train to Chicago. And then... Even with that, it looked like I was on um, like the train from the thing because it was just so beyond like I had just sat in my seat the entire. Well, most most of the night, at least going up to Chicago and getting up, it's like seeing just ice and snow inside the train, inside the doors. I'm like, yeah, this isn't right (laughs) This isn't right at all. Uh, And that was during the polar vortex. So I made it home. My mom and dad wanted me to stay. And I'm like, if I stay here, I'm going to be staying all week because I know nothing's getting out. And I was right. So that was, yeah, that was craziness. But I mean, what? I saw 11 movies that weekend.
1: Good Lord.
0: 12. Plus all the shorts, not oh, like not yeah. including the shorts. Which that short block was incredible. Oh my and goodness! I didn't get to, see, and I'm mad because I didn't get to see the, I only saw um the shorts um block the first one. The first, okay. And I get, didn't get to see the second one
2: totally different totally different first block was dour and somber and like everything was really really good but everything there was not a lot of levity block two was almost like all levity with just like a couple of things of straight horror so but all really good shorts all really really good
1: and i know the one that you enjoyed the most chickens was
2: one the audience the best of fest type one yeah Yeah. so did you get a chance
1: see chickens yeah, that was, that was in the yeah. first block. That yeah, was...
0: It's, that was the one that I – I mean, and everyone asks, like, which one did you like? I'm like, chickens, 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 Whew. chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, that right now, I mean, you want to start, like, looking at shorts for the year, that definitely is going to be – that's going to be damn tough to beat, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know. I mean, this may be the number one for 2019, and I saw it in January. Like, <laughs> that was – oof I'm looking forward to seeing what that crew does next because that was yeah that was some good stuff it was and it's just I mean one of the things I was telling um I think I was telling Greg about is that about is that what I one of the things I loved one the story was great acting everything but the fact that then when it ended even with the credits you still had that emotional pace Mm -hmm. going and they kept the music and all of that and I'm like this is the way you do it because it's like it's not like it just ends. It just keeps that fire brewing in you. And then it goes to the next short. And I'm like, wow, I just got hit by a freaking Mack truck.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's powerful and prescient. I mean, it's yeah. true. The horrors of today. Like this is that was one of those sorts where like, OK, what scares people in 2018, 19? And <laughs> yep, that's that was a good one.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Ghouls oh, yeah. and goblins come in many forms, but nothing more scarier than man himself. Uh, so ultimately, what were some of your favorites uh, that you saw? Because you saw quite a few. So what? Uh, give me a handful that stood out for you.
0: So um, some of them I'd seen before. So uh, but the newer ones, um, the ones that were new to me, um, Loose, I thought was absolutely amazing. I loved that movie so much. I thought the um, lead actress was fantastic. I thought the story, everything about it was fantastic, and I could definitely see that being um, a play. If it's, I don't know if it is or not, because I haven't done much research on it. But watching it, I was like, I just want to see this one again. I thought the wind was mm. incredible. Mm-hmm. It was that was very like, I don't know. A lot of people have. A lot of people don't necessarily like horror westerns, but I do because I think it's Mm -hmm. just one of those landscapes like you're in such a desolate area. And this is what – this is people's lives. Like they had nothing for hundreds of miles and um, that was beautifully made. I mean the the cinematography, the acting, everything. And then the one that just – I mean I – Going into all these blind, uh, one cut of the dead yes. was like, oh, 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 they, oh, it really, oh, okay. I did not realize that's, you guys weren't kidding. This really is one cut. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, how? Palm. Palm.
2: I am calm. <laughs> I'm dead yeah. calm. Yeah. <laughs> that's...
0: And then one that surprised me was um, that I actually, well, I because, I don't know, uh, I feel bad saying this because I didn't like the one that the studio did before um, it came out of the same studio, but uh, The golem I thought actually was a pretty well-done um, film, you know, set in 1673 about a subject matter that I didn't know that much about. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this one. Yeah, this isn't bad at all.
1: Anytime you can throw Jewish mysticism right. into your horror, that's pretty rad. Um, actually, you it's can actually s- you can stream that right now on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, all of those dread uh, pictures right now. In fact, I actually just watched the uh, To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder story today. Uh, thanks to that. No, that's highly recommended.
2: That's one I missed. That's one that I wanted to see, and I'm glad we get to see it on Amazon Prime. But you know what? One that really, I really, really enjoyed, and it's kind of interesting that not only did I really enjoy it, but (laughs) somebody we know was in it. Gigs. Gigs.
0: gigs
1: gags, gags yes. was great.
0: My four second claim to fame on the big screen. That is right, <laughs> the, Gigs.
1: The best part, gags, though, I love. We immediately uh-huh. we saw you, and the was like, wait, 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 that was Katie. Well, there
0: There's Katie. There's Katie. up. shut up.
1: Gags was. Oh, thank God. Oh, of course. Well, and it was even better. Was that's probably the biggest surprise film that I saw that weekend. Uh, just in terms yeah. of what I was expecting going in. And then what I got in return was... Pleasant
2: surprise. Uh, it was Pleasant so good. Surprise. So good.
1: So how do you know now, John? Do you know John and Adam then?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I'm friends with them both. I'm actually... And I'm friends with everyone um, who produced the film. Well, actually, I'm um, I'm friends with almost everyone involved with the film. Uh, and yeah, I had that um, screen time. And then I worked in the art department for uh, three days in it. So... There's a certain scene in the tent and all that stuff. I helped clean all that up. You know, <laughs> I put my back into it. Yeah, so that cleanup was me. Uh, well, you know, me and other people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it was such a fun set to work on. And uh, everybody involved is just so amazingly talented. Like Angela Verdino, who does all the um, – the sets, um, that was doing all the, um, art department and everything. I mean, that woman is just absolutely incredible. Like the, everything with the tent Mm -hmm. was just, I mean, to see that on set and be there, I was so beyond geeked out. Like it was so cool. And, um, then yeah, everything with like the black balloons Mm -hmm. and the car. And I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things like I'm so unbelievably lucky that the projects that I worked on um, that year were just I mean, if you're going to work on something with people, these are the people to be working with. And they're just so unbelievably um, talented, like um, Robert Patrick Stern and Sarah Sharp. I mean, their um, company is fantastic. Joe Miglio. I mean, John and Adam are absolutely um, incredible guys. And everyone involved. I mean, I cannot say enough about them.
1: And it was—it's always nice when we can. When number one, when people we know put out really just amazing work. Mm-hmm. But then also when you get to have that perspective to see what goes on behind it, to see you know what you have to do. Yeah. To ma- put Make something out. Make the magic out. happen. Yeah, yeah. It just mm-hmm. gives you that nice perspective, and it's kind of rad. Then to you know when you get to see it. So what what's it like seeing yourself up on the big screen?
0: Well, it's funny because when I actually got to, um, the first time I saw it which was at Apocalypse where it premiered, yeah. um, they told me where I was <laughs> in the film. So I knew I was actually in it, so I could tell people, because I've been in a movie before, where it's like, hey, come on, let's go see the movie, and I'm like, and I'm not in this movie. That's great, and I just paid eight dollars for a crappy movie. <laughs> um, so, but with this one, I knew I was in it, and you know, I knew I Indeed. stuff that I worked on it and stuff like that. But um, the thing is, is like when they said that it's like, okay, there's a guy at an ATM, and he's like taking out money, and you're going to be on a TV behind him and stuff like that. It's like when I first saw it, I saw this guy, and I'm like oh, that guy is really cute, you know? I wonder what is he doing? Is he at de- the jukebox? Where it's like, oh wait, that's, oh shit, they're, oh, damn it. There. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I got, it, I got barely a glimpse of me the first time I saw it. But then this time, actually, at Panic Fest, I'm like, okay, now I know exactly where I am. I'm like, okay, there I am, yay. <laughs> and it was cool because I got to tell everybody where I was. And then they're like, no, we saw you. And I'm like, good, because yeah, I didn't get to see me the first time, so that's good. <laughs> But it's kind of freaky because, well, I mean, especially like seeing it the first time at the music box, like the music box is like the epitome of a movie theater. Like it's what, 80 years old, 90 years old. And I love going there in Chicago. And it's one of my favorite movie theaters like in the world. And then to see my teeny tiny little face on the big screen there. is like
1: okay yeah i'm good that my night's made that's fine yeah. <laughs> it's it's when you get to see that you're home away from home and yeah. then you get to yeah there's just something kind of incredible about that no there was so many good films this year at panic fest and obviously with them being able to expand with the new theaters mm-hmm. we we're able to bring in more movies mm-hmm. and then you know you even got people to expand down the week as well which was really good so no obviously i'm glad we we're able to meet up with you on that but you talked a little bit about horror westerns and how tough they are to come about. Well, apparently no one told Catherine Bigelow that because in 1987, she put out a horror Western that for many people kind of transcended the horror genre and gave us just one of the all-time cult classics. We are of course talking about Near Dark. And I'm curious, Katie, um, do you remember your initial interaction with this particular film?
0: I believe I saw this uh, on cable i was live and die cable girl <laughs> uh breathing in and out so i watched this many 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 times i think i remember watching. it was like one of those premiere things on like either hbo or cinemax where it's like and you know friday night movie near dark mm-hmm. and i remember watching it and one of the things that i love so much about this film is that as a young girl you're seeing a movie where you don't have a damsel in distress. You have, like, the person who has to be saved is is the guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not something that you, you know, especially in horror. Like, I love horror. And seeing that, I'm like, oh, well, this is something different, and I like this. It's like, yeah, look at the chick being, like, Jenny Wright was a badass. She had this, like... 1920s like feel about her but she's got that innocent and yet she's evil but yet she's not evil and then you've got that whole like um family of outcast misfits that's kind of like the adams family in a way <laughs> sort of with um you know in the west like spitting and chewing and wearing cowboy boots and yeah i loved it and then i mean it's just the i don't know just I mean, one, being in the West for a vampire, I mean, there's not a lot of caves and there's not a lot of places (laughs) to hide. Like, to be a vampire in the West, it's like, it's probably not the best idea, guys. Like, really? You don't have that many places. It's like when she's like running um, after she uh, gives him that, you know, little love kiss, uh, wink, wink, um, and runs away. It's like, Girl, you better be running like Flojo because that sun is coming up and you don't have any sunscreen. Um, and yeah. Plus the fact that you've got Jeanette Goldstein who I mean, one of the things with Catherine Bigelow, her the casting for this was just so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I miss me some Tim Thomerson. I really do. I don't mean I think he's still alive. I don't think he's gone actually gone anywhere. But I just don't see him in movies anymore. Yeah, he just had that swagger about him as a dad. And yet this sort of like a Van Helsing kind of like feel to it. And Hmm. uh, this movie is it honestly is probably I know it's definitely in my top 10 vampire film, if not in my top three. I mean, it's just so good.
1: And I have consulted the the internet, and Tim Thomerson is still with us, so we don't have to worry about that. Jack Death lives again.
0: I, know, I, just, saw, I just saw that, too. So sorry, Tim Thomerson, when you listen to this, I know you will. But come back. Um, hey, buddy, I'm glad you're alive. Why don't you keep making some movies, all right? Thanks.
1: Well, you, know, if you and if you don't get enough of them in Near Dark, you can always check out Who's Harry Crumb, if you'd like, You know, for some vintage Thomerson there. Some
2: doll man. some full moon catalog
1: (laughs) so genius do you remember Uh, your first interaction with near dark
2: it's gonna be a cable story too it was one of those where you're just like whoa this movie is wild I mean and like you said there's not a damsel in distress she's the one that saves him multiple multiple times and even though she's the one that christened him but she's the one that like you know you need to eat here Mm -hmm. do this or like leave him alone And she's like a driving force of this movie
1: yeah. I remember and again, this is another one that found its audience on cable. Mm-hmm. The, it's an original theatrical run didn't do any well I caught it right when uh, Adrian Pastar's character Caleb is going into town to go get his sister and when he has the whole showdown with the family And so I'm sitting there watching this movie and I see Bill Paxton up on screen I'm like awesome and I'm like wait isn't that also that's Bishop wait, that's Vasquez And I'm like my mind's being blown <laughs> Yeah, because I'm seeing all these you know these Marines, you know as vampires now and it got so gory and I was like what the hell am I watching and then there was this shootout And I it was just blew my mind and I'm pretty sure it was on one of those free Weekends of Cinemax <laughs> yeah. So Katie, I think it may have been a Cinemax rather than HBO on that one But no and it's so weird because for the longest time this movie was actually one of my litmus test flicks mm-hmm. Like you know if you if I asked you, you know if you knew near dark because not, not many people did. It, I think the three of us actually may have been the only ones, you know, watching it.
2: <laughs> We're all watching Cinemax.
1: <laughs> but no, it's just, it's kind of incredible because like you said, it's basically a Western with vampires, but they never, not once, do they say the V word. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Which, they never do. I mean, you know what they are because they, they, they treat it more like a virus. Yeah. Like, it's the virus and, you know, the. Uh, luckily his, you know, Tim Thomerson, there you go, um, is a vet. So he cures the day I uh, with the <laughs> blood transfusion. It's like, oh, OK. I mean, that's fine. I'll, I'll let it go, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's They never do say the V word.
1: No, and it's, <laughs> that's what's kind of charming about it, because you realize, especially in 87, you know, you got joel schumacher gave us a totally different vampire film in the lost boys which almost is all a, kind of a celebration of vampirism you know it's a what do they say um uh party all night never grow old yeah being a vampire
2: the was great or right.
1: something versus
2: something that's uh it's almost not, not quite a slow burn but it, it's a lot of character it oh, builds yeah, it, yeah. and it tells the story before like crazy action but when the shit hits when the horror hits it hits hard i mean and these vampires aren't just like nosferatu ask like bland just <laughs> like with one thing in mind they're complex. Yeah. i mean like like homer you know such a w- weird character but it makes perfect sense
1: and you you get that kind of character trope not only in this but like with um um Oh, my God. The Anne Rice uh, with Tom Cruise. Oh,
2: uh, Kirsten Dunst. Thank you. Vampire.
1: When you get that tragic tale of, you know, an older person trapped in the younger body. And yeah, Homer's great in this. In fact, the entire family is all sorts of wonderful. Just their interaction, the chemistry. And I I would assume a lot of that came from their interplay with aliens and kind of getting to know each other. But apparently, especially Lance Henriksen, liked to get in character. Mm -hmm. And apparently he would drive around and pick up hitchhikers as his as his vampire character and would what? like kind of mess with people apparently dude that be- i
0: so wish you guys were here and could see my face right now because i am making the like what are you talking about that would freak me out <laughs> i love lance henderson Henriksen, i think he is a doll but him picking oh my god i am like i I the trauma that those hitchhikers mm-hmm. had to have like um, succumbed to like with oh.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, I can't even imagine that. First of all, if you're in the situation where you're a hitchhiker and you're at the mercy of somebody, it'd be scary enough. But But then to get a fucking Lance Hendrickson vampire, they probably thought they were going to die. You know, like, I'm not getting out of this car alive. And then he's like, have a good day. He turns into Happy Hendrickson from fucking Stone Cold. (laughs) Get out of here, you crazy kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not bad for a human.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, there's <laughs>
1: there's definitely something to be said about the strength of the cast cuz ultimately and that's the one thing you basically follow their tales and like you said Katie they're kind of this this weird misfit Adams family but we follow their adventures and how they basically it's you see kind of their day-to-day how they survive and you get some insight like I never realized at least with them the importance of like, you know, aluminum foil um Mm -hmm. spray paint um and just seeing them get by day by day it's kind of fascinating because it's like oh how would these they're kind of like vagabonds if they're nomad nomad
2: vampires which like once they're found out they gotta burn everything down and start fresh and just keep living the life traveling they're like ooh vampire carnies (laughs) you know what i'm saying just like going to town fuck it up for a little bit and then off into the sunset
0: because one of the things um that i like, recall most. I mean, the bar scene oh.
1: in this
0: film, it, I, it, ugh. one Bill Paxton is a charmer anyway, but the him with this bar scene, everyone, everyone gets to play up their, um, their highlights in this film in that bar scene. And then you have the boy that gets away who is a teeny tiny baby James LaGrosse. And it's like, even with that. Like, James LaGrosse, who's done so many films, but I remember him in this. And I'm like, oh, poor little baby bird. Look at you. <laughs> it's like. like and then she's, And then when she just, like, get him. I'm like, oh, that is so. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. This I, film and the freaking, I mean, the practical effects in this. Like, yeah. during the burn scene with Bill Paxton. Are you kidding me? That- like, when you see his face after he's, like, gets, um set on fire in the truck, it's like, God, this movie is so good. It was so ahead of its time. And it's just, I don't know. Honestly, I will say one of the reasons why, and I don't know if you guys knew this because I'm doing a little IMDb, <laughs> but I think the only reason why this movie did not make the money or didn't get the uh box office that it had may have been because of the and i'm gonna say it the horrible taglines that it had where you have vampires can only kill you once they can terrify you forever i'm like is this a lifetime thing it's like (laughs) killing you would be easy they'd rather terrify you dot 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 forever and i'm like wait what
2: (laughs) vampire valerie burton ernie (laughs)
0: yeah i know it's like blood is our life darkness our feeding ground and sunlight our eternal damnation i'm like these are wait who did these taglines like this i think would kill it it's like if i had read these taglines i probably would not have seen this movie
1: yeah that sounds like a hard pass well and that's the thing how do you market a film like this, you know, because technically it is a vampire film, but they don't mention vampires. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a Western, but it has Western themes. You know, it's, got it's romance a,
2: themes. almost it's got has drama, a weird family drama, Southern aspects. Gothic kind of yeah. aspect. So
1: it's it's a definitely one of those ultimate mishmashes. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to the scene because this movie does that is ultimately it builds into that scene because it's ultimately where did it is caleb one of us it's the Google yeah. gobble scene but ultimately mm-hmm. you, you, katie you mentioned bill paxton in that one he is the minute the he walks looking in good. yes just <laughs> shit kicker uh-huh. heaven the whole have i ever told you one about buffalo bill just everything he does <laughs> yeah. in that is so it's charming kind of charismatic but at the same time scary just scary because scary, you don't know what yeah. he's gonna do he's, he's a crazy man and going back to the special effects there's a use of spurs in that in that scene that freaked me out the first time when I revisited it from all the way through I'm like what am I watching this is unreal to the point when he's goading the guy to hit Caleb and he's I'm going to teach him something and then you ultimately get, like, the shotgun blast. And then just like you said, ultimately, James... Le- I can't believe that's James LaGrosse. I didn't realize that. That's kind of amazing. You, the, the face you may have I had, it's Katie. A, it's like
0: little baby James LaGrosse. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a good thing he got away. But even then, you get another escalating set piece in the shootout yeah. in the motel, which was something I was not anticipating in my vampire horror movie.
2: And it's cool because, like... It, instead of them worrying about bullets, because they don't give a fuck about yeah, bullets, they're vampires. It's where the sunlight hits them, oh, and it was that was crazy that, tense, crazy tense.
1: And even it's proceeded wonderfully, just even with the great line with uh, Bill Paxton. He's like, "Check out time," and then you get that first shotgun blast, and he, and it blows that hole through his stomach, and he's just shot back through the. The cinematography in this, I guess, I we should probably praise some of that as well. Uh, the cinematographer, oh, okay. yeah, Adam Greenberg, who worked with James Cameron and uh, Catherine Bigelow, but just the way that looks, especially in that particular set Mm -hmm. piece, when you have every bullet hole bringing in a new bringer of death, basically, for these vampires, uh, it's it's unbelievable, but ultimately it all comes back to what Catherine Bigelow brought to this film. And I think ultimately what you see in a lot of her other genre films as well, is you ultimately kind of grow with the characters, but then she can also put together these amazing set pieces That just shows you how awesome she is, and kind of, I'm glad she continued to evolve. But I love the fact that technically, this was her first film.
0: Yeah, and the fact that she wrote it too with Eric Red. I mean, because I mean, her characters—you—you don't necessarily have the backstory on any character, and yet I feel like I know every single character. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. they give you hints about who you know everybody was. But this is another one of those films, like now. Everyone has to know, like, how they got bit, like, what happened through their life, like, what year was it? And with this one, it's like, you get a feel like, you know, is it Civil War? Was it pre-Civil War? <laughs> was it 1950s? Was it, like, you guys have been around for a long, long time, and they give you that, but they don't, get, and that's all they give you. It's like, look, we're as aloof as you, um, as I want it's like, I'm going to let you know as much as I want you to know. But believe me, you know enough. And <laughs> it, I've never wanted to know. It's like, I want to know when he got bit and what his life was like if he had a family. No, no I don't really. Because it's like these <laughs> all these characters are so well written and so full. And yeah, she does an amazing job doing that. And that's something that I wish more directors and screenwriters would do. Like, you don't. I mean, I, I love a backstory. I love to get um, to get to know the character this again she did it like perfectly with this film
2: we don't need a near dark origins no so <laughs>
0: no. I think no. the
2: closest thing we got to that where he goes I fought for yeah. the south we yep <laughs> and yeah. we lost yeah so and then like and <laughs> then even Homer's even older and so like like you said we don't need to know we know enough
0: yeah
2: and even when we learn with like, guys, Chekhov's uh, oh, no, truck like, tips <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> jackknife i like that scene because it's a tense scene because he he's like trying to figure out if he's going to kill this trucker or not meanwhile this trucker's like you don't want to do that because you'll wreck this truck remember that i liked that that was good
1: and he actually that particular actor shows up in both robocop 2 and cobra so he is all over uh roger aaron brown is his name i'm on the Imdb checking that one out there um but i we something we haven't talked about yet here with the film, and something we always talk about on the podcast is a good score can sometimes yeah. be its own char- oh, character. Yes. And yes. oh, tangerine, tangerine yes, tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> it is ethereal, it's beautiful, it's menacing, it's just everything that you would imagine that they bring to it. And this one's no different. This is one of those that I love just putting on in the background. But it is so evocative um, of just what it's like to exist as a vampire.
0: <laughs> oh, Tangerine Dream, I, I love you so. I <laughs> so love you. No, uh, so many films that you did the scores for that I, I just love you so. Pitter-pat, pitter-pat goes my heart listening and just saying Tangerine Dream. I just love it.
1: <laughs> oh, and it's, okay. Am I wrong here? Was Risky Business set in Chicago?
0: Yes, it was.
1: And they did the score to that, were they? Did they not?
0: I believe, I'm almost well, positive. I, know they did, I know they did Vision Quest,
1: <laughs> and I know they did
0: Firestarter.
1: Yes, Firestarter. And I,
0: Firestarter. Mandy. And I believe they did do, I think they did do Risky uh, Business.
1: I'm pretty sure they did, actually. And I don't, God help me, I only remember that, and I hope this doesn't sound too dirty, but it's the subway uh-huh. scene. But it's I mean, it's it's scored so well that all granted, I still remember the day Mornay, but it's the tangerine dream, you know, (laughs) that's kind of fueling all that. But no, it's one of those that I I've been trying to find it on vinyl so we can throw it on a what's the score someday. It would be kind of nice. But we do want to talk a few other women in horror here. So I guess let's wrap up our thoughts on Near Dark and then we're going to transition to a film that is kind of what we would call horror adjacent but a genius final thoughts on near dark i think it's a
2: very very not only a great vampire horror movie but i think it's one of the successful ones where you can show normies where you can say this is what you can do in good horror yeah. you know it does it's horror is not just splatterpunk or gore hound well that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic but if you want to sh- if you want to win normies over show them near dark because that's a film that's a film.
0: Normies.
1: <laughs> they are better than us. Let's admit it. Let's admit it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. No, our lives
2: are richer because of
1: horror. But your your final thoughts on Near Dark there, Katie?
0: Near Dark is pretty close to a perfect film. It that horror western that, you know, people try to do and this is one of the best examples of it. Uh, Catherine Bigelow, like, sets the bar so high for this, and it's, I don't know, I haven't seen anyone, like, actually go above it when you get to a horror western like this, and actually a modern horror, horror western, um, and the, just everything. I mean, I can't imagine anyone else being in this film um, that would have made it any better, and... That to me is just a, such a huge part of the casting department that I feel like doesn't get enough uh, credit when you're talking about movies. But yeah, I just I just love Near Dark. It was such a good, it's such a good film.
1: And uh, Catherine Bigelow, uh, she's responsible for some of my all-time actual favorites in certain genres. Um, you can't talk Catherine Bigelow, which of course, not talking about Point Break, mm. uh, which go to I... m- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get me two, get give me two, give me two, give it two. And you know, a lot has been said about that, but I ultimately uh, kind of talking horror adjacent, or even like post-apocalyptic or dystopian, and it's a film I don't think gets a lot of love, but definitely deserves a rewatch. But um have, have any of you uh, seen Strange Days? in a while oh wow <laughs> i haven't seen it.
0: yes actually i have
1: <laughs> <laughs> does it does it hold up is the question
0: you know what it does because it i mean it what it said in when is strange days what 1999 yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. yeah yeah yep yeah so it really does like um like what or no it's 95 wow um strange days uh when they have the whole thing with the um mind melt thing not mind melt but the, the uh, whole... uh, stuff that's like on your head mm-hmm. that you can um see and like that is so ahead of its time and um looking at the choreography for some of those fights on that it's like that was some damn good camera work like woo! <laughs> I, you mean I watch that now and 199 99 didn't end up turning up quite as um, interesting as that, but it does. I think it holds up and, you know, to see Ray fines kind of as a weaker character than he usually is,
2: mm-hmm. is
0: um, a rare exception. But, one other thing, Juliet Lewis, that woman has not aged a freaking day. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, she looks the same and she did in 1989 that she does now. Seeing the new trailer for the movie Ma, I'm like, good lord! I don't know oh, who she sold her soul to. I want their name and number, um, you know, their Twitter and their Instagram because I want to get on that. Uh, but yeah, Strange Days. I you should watch it because it kind of it holds up.
1: <laughs> i could say the same thing about angela bassett as well for the most part um but we won't we, yeah. we won't go down that that rabbit hole there but also technically the bad the best part is you know that Catherine bigelow is an academy award winner as well mm-hmm. and i love that she, the, the kind of the pedigree of her films are just incredible there's so many that you can reach out again if you're not a horror fan you can seek out other work by Catherine bigelow but another um a director that has been making a huge splash here lately is Lynn Ramsey and the film that we I want to talk a little bit about cuz you mentioned um Katie you wanted to talk a little bit about this one and it's a film that I've seen once and whew, that was I think that was enough for me but we need to talk about Kevin oh my goodness that's a that is a watch and then some genius you you have not seen that I have that not any. seen that one so we do a se- we used to do a segment called scene unseen mm-hmm. where one of us would see a film and we kind of break it down to the other one to give them an idea without spoiling, but to kind of tempt them into the film. So, Katie, if you were going to give a non-spoilery recommendation to Genius, how would you phrase it for We Need to Talk About Kevin?
0: So, We Need to Talk About Kevin is... Well, I call it my visual uh, birth control pill. (laughs) Uh, It it is a film that... uh, one, Lynn Ramsey does such an amazing job on this film. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. That is how good it is when it came out in 2011. But it is a film about um, a woman who, from the get-go, just is something is feels like that something is not right about the child that she has, and uh, everything from when it's, um, it's a baby to a toddler to about five or six to a teenager going through those years and their relationship. And the, one of the worst case scenarios that can happen for, um, a mother and no one's, no one's listening to them when they're trying to tell someone like that something's not right. And it's not, it's not like, you know, a demon or something is inside it like that. i it's just such a powerful such a powerful movie um i remember watching this after i remember watching this film and i went with my friend and after the movie the lights came on and these two girls that were in their late teens early 20s like came up to me and my friend emily always um she, um she like mentions this to me like every once in a while because it's so funny they came up to me like for some reason like I had some I like they thought I had some knowledge of why <laughs> to explain the movie to them and they were like so you know why do you think that happened and why do you think this happened and I was like well you know girls I think this is the reason why you know he acted like this and this is why this happened and they're like oh wow thanks and For some reason, they didn't even look at my friend. They just went straight to me like lost to a flame. And my friend always talks to me like, what the hell was that? Like, it's I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, but I think I made them feel better because it looked like they're about to cry. That's the type of movie this is. And it's just so unbelievably good that uh, this is this is my first. um, I haven't seen I've seen this and um, you're never really here by Lynn Ramsey. But this is the one that um set me off on lynn ramsey and you know i think you can do no wrong
1: it's i will say this uh to your the mother and the father in the film uh-huh. the mother is tilda swinton okay so there you go yeah, are, yeah. are you ready who the father yeah. is john c riley yeah so
2: it's i take it it's not a comedy
0: no, no. is this yeah. one of his dramatic no. is
1: this one of his dramatic
2: thing he's not teaching the kid how to sing boats and hoes <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's not teaching the kid, kid to sink boats and hoes and i, I honestly i wish he did
1: <laughs> at least it would have maybe put him off of archery i i i don't know there's it is a it's a horrifying film yeah. it really is it's like horror horror jason i uh, creepy evil shit you people would probably argue that it's not horror i would mm-hmm. probably say it's closer to horror jason katie what would you, would you how would you qualify or you know could you put a label on it
0: it's one of the, it's just one of the most horrible things you can imagine that, um, for a person to experience. And I would say it is, um, I would say it is, I guess, horror Jason. I just think like the entire, it's just so tense throughout mm. the film. Like there's ba- like there's glimpses of light moments and when you think that you're gonna have like a you know small part of your heart like you know grow a little bit, it then just crushes down with a rock of despair and like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. And it just leaves you with this like empty crevice, yeah. like that is your um, like after you watch it. That that's why I consider it horror because it's just so just the circumstances that happen in it are just so horrific but yet i mean you can and you can try and dissect it like where did this start how did this start why did this happen but you know sometimes it you know kids are just born bad and there's not much you can do but yeah but the tilda swinton again with uh 2011 oscars you suck uh she should (laughs) have been nominated for best actress because this is such i mean she does such an amazing performance on this. And then this is a film that introduced me to Ezra Miller. And he, damn.
2: Ezra Miller's the he's, kid? He's, he's Kevin. Oh, Ez,
0: Ezra, he's... Mil- Ezra Miller is Kevin. And oh. yeah, you're, you're not going to forget it after you watch him. Is he an
2: evil kid? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's... he...
0: Well, yeah. He's not good. And the thing is, it's like, he Ezra Miller is um, Kevin as a teenager. And mm-hmm. then you have Kevin as a toddler and Kevin as six to eight. And again, you got to give credit to the casting department because Ezra Miller has a very unique look about him. The kids that played him in this film growing up look like they could be his brothers and all of them are so good that it's like when you get, finally get to Kevin as a teenager, you have no doubt that, I mean, that you knew how he was gonna be because these little kids I mean toddler. The toddler is really good. The six year old <laughs> just blew me away. He's like, what the hell, kid? How did you do this? And yeah, seriously, Genius, you need to see this film. It, it I mean, it's not it's you need to see this film and then, you know, cry and take a shower and then maybe go see Mary Poppins or something. No, no. I don't know. But it's one of those films <laughs> that you need to see because You know, it's uh, you know a sweet double feature or something
1: like that. It's actually, have you seen the trailer for that uh, film about the kid? The it's kind of the Superman film. The kid. Um, Not the kid. No, but it's a recent one that's coming out. Oh yeah. The The James Gunn. Yes, where it's the Superman kid, but he he comes out bad. I kind of joked. It's uh, we need to talk about Cal L basically yes <laughs> no this yes, yes, yes. this is a film that kind of like with monster when we talked with jill last year about mm-hmm. it where you can kind of say it's horror jason this is all about the makings of a serial killer of a sociopath uh, and it's kind of the horror that's what take. it
2: sounds like the, if he's doing evil shit from the get it's, so it's like maybe like the, the john wayne gacy story it,
1: it's the horror nature versus nurture story basically okay. oh okay yeah. but just enhanced and elevated by both Ramsey's writing her direction tilda swinton obviously and i'll watch i'll pay to watch her smoke you know <laughs> as i did with suspiria yeah. <laughs> but she is just so good because she has that whole disconnect with the kid and there's at points though where you just see this just honest and just raw performance that she puts out it's incredible but ultimately it's a horrific film. It's not a happy movie. No, and much like chickens, no. the biggest, you know, horror horror thing a out man. there is man itself. Yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah. so don't go expecting and a farce. No, yeah, no, it's-
1: okay. <laughs> okay. not even Benny Hill soundtrack behind it. Yakby Sachs <laughs> could not make this oh, film holy any shit.
2: jovial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn, that sounds <laughs> dork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about um, Benny. And- <laughs>
1: Uh, that you know it works every time every time no but um you talked a little bit about though um the latest thing that she did here obviously um you were never really here which is another one that i actually i I was by myself screening over at tabcade uh but yeah joaquin phoenix is really good in that one and that's another one that i think will probably find an audience on streaming blu-ray this or that but it's a shame that because these are some really good films Biting chance katie did you see we need to talk about kevin in the theater oh no obviously you did with did. your yeah with the uh, the kids yeah. coming afterwards duh sorry <laughs> <laughs>
2: they needed to talk about well, we to talk yeah about.
0: and i um i forget because i always like to see like what comes out of cam Mm. or con or whatever <laughs> um but i um, like to see what comes out of can and then when it finally gets in theaters which sometimes can be like a year to two years later um i want to see it because i always love it when I'm like oh, these people walked out of can because they were so offended and i'm like these people <laughs> who were in can must be wimps because i don't see what they were like big babies about like it's fine um but i know this played um at can and i was really excited to uh i mean i can't say it. yeah no i was actually really excited to see it,
1: to well, see it then... in the
0: theater because see that all everything that happens on the screen especially the cinematography in this like there are some beautiful scenes that captured with natural light that um it's yeah i mean it's everything about it was so well done the editing the um cinematography the score the acting is beyond immeasurable, like how fantastic it is. And Lynn Ramsey really needs to get credit for that. I mean, she like put these people through some really tough scenes that, ah, oh, and they just like freaking killed it. And I think she just has that net. I mean, she's got a, she has an amazing talent for that. Like with You're Never Really Here, like I think that's one of the best performances that she got out of Joaquin Phoenix.
1: Agreed, agreed. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting, both, you know, if you look at the work of both her and Bigelow, kind of the the body of work they're putting together. I want to transition a little to another person that um, I think is putting together an interesting work. um, And this is a film I know that you got a chance to see. I think it was a couple years ago at Panic Fest. I missed out on it, but it's one that had a lot of hype coming out of the festivals. But uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid by Issa Lopez. That's another one that. (laughs) <laughs> did you oh
2: okay there it is. that movie Ooh, oh that that movie's a yeah. gut punch that movie's a good punch right 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 oh yeah right in the tear ducts just pow and like oh not i wasn't quite trying to be song crying but I, was... there was there was some welling of eyes that's that was a hard movie
1: do you so was the first time was the first time you got to see that at panic fest
0: yes the first time i saw it um was at panic fest last january and then that was my number two or three film of 2018 like throughout the year like nothing could compare to um tiger's not afraid and then it played at telluride horror show and i was so excited to see it again that when um i was there and i was talking to some people they're like yeah you know we weren't um, we weren't sure if we we're going to see it. I'm like, oh, no, you guys have to see it. It's so amazing. And they're like, wait a minute. You already saw it. I'm like, yeah, and I'm really excited to see it again. It's like, so you're going to see it twice. Well, then, yeah, we're going to go see it. And then one of the people I told that to, it ended up being like their favorite film of the year. And I'm like, because it is amazing. <laughs>
1: It's and it's funny when I that just made me laugh when people sometimes go you're gonna see a movie again you know just right people that I to me that's just a no brainer especially if it's something you enjoyed but no that's one that I know just receives so much hype and like you said is kind of a horror adjacent a little mm-hmm.
2: it's more of a dark urban fairy tale kind of like
1: yeah devil's backbone maybe no but even...
2: it, it like it, it deals with city kids and city problems and city life but in a dark but sad and cute way because the tiger's adorable sad but adorable
0: well and it's like it's and it's got the re it's that realism about it yeah. of the brutality that they're dealing with every day like you know kids playing with uh police tape you know you know trying to do like little uh going under around it and stuff like that and then bullets in the playground and stuff like that and um it's funny that you mentioned Devil's Backbone because I remember remember when I watched it I kept saying that it's like this feels like a Guillermo del Toro film like mm-hmm. Gu- mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro had absolutely nothing to do with it and I loved every second of this movie like I love the innocence of the animation and um and the tiger and The kids doing everything they can to still be children, even though they are in this environment that is not bearable for any sort Mm -hmm. of human. And it was just such a beautiful um, film. And it just pisses me off that this has not gotten distribution. Like, I don't understand I mean, it has received so many awards, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Issa Lopez is, to me, just the brink. I mean, not even a brink. Like, she's a genius. I don't understand why she's not getting, like, multiple film deals, why this isn't being played, like, all over the world. Like, in actual, like, no, in a major studio, it hasn't purchased it. Because, I mean, anyone who has seen it, I Honestly, don't know anyone who's seen it. It was like, yeah, you know, it was okay. (laughs) It's okay, yeah. Um, No, they've all been raving about it. So I just don't get it because this is a film that really should be out there. And I want her to be, like, doing more movies because she's just someone that is, uh, like, she's just absolutely fantastic.
2: And it's, again, the horrors of the real world. The horrors of the situations that you were put in and especially when you care about these children because one they're children children. and two they go through such horrific shit i mean like from the word get and like there's no again another one with no levity and no uh no jauntiness even though you're dealing with these children and this and, and this very like you said innocent cute cartoon um but it's not. It's it's far from innocent, and it's mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where you just leave the theater and you're just like, "That was powerful, powerful." Yeah, and,
0: because we have to remember we are warriors.
2: Yes, and, and tigers, tigers are not, not afraid. afraid. Yeah, and and then like you said, it's a shame that more people that it's not out there yet because this is a movie that I think people should see you know not only is it dealing with some of the problems that like some kids are facing now but it's also one of the ones like it's the ones that make you like not appreciate that you're not in a horror movie but you know what i'm saying that you you yourself don't have to go through what these kids go through mm-hmm. you know
1: well ultimately yeah. it comes down to perspectives that we usually don't get to see you know and obviously with tigers are not afraid it is an international horror film coming from Mexico, so you do get different perspectives that mm-hmm. we're not getting here in the U.S., and I, that's, I think, the importance of some of the, the festivals out there to get these movies out, but yeah. like you both said, it's a shame that that's probably the hardest... Now, I would say the hardest thing is making the movie, but then probably the next hardest is then... Getting
2: to, it out there to the people to see, because what's
1: the point of making a movie if nobody sees it? Mm-hmm.
2: So,
0: Oh, no, well, and one of the things, like, how you were saying this is kind of horror-adjacent, um, Sometimes the horror-adjacent ones, to me, are oh, actually more. Mm-hmm. even scarier because like you know how they're horror but yet it's dealing with real world stuff like sometimes those actually are the scarier films to me because with horror films you know there's sort of the horror tropes you know this is going on you can do this you can do this with the films that are based like are have that you know in you know, like basis in reality it's like it's 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 um anyone's you know there's no rules. Like anything can happen. And at least with this, you do have that kind of um, ghost, like kind of app, you know, mm-hmm. uh, ghosts and stuff like that. That does delve into horror. That kind of can give it a little bit of a um, justice that happens. That probably makes me a little bit happier that um, it that had that quality to it because in reality, that would not be the case. And right. it would actually even be much worse. But, yeah, God, I wish – I it, this is one of those films – yeah, I just – I really am mad that um, this hasn't gotten distribution because it's just an absolutely fantastic film. And she needs to be doing more work.
1: And, and ultimately with stuff like this, seek it out where you can, but do it legally, of course. Do yeah. not torrent. Do not do anything along those lines. Pirates what? They, Pirates are going to walk the plane That's what they do. Uh, but it's kind of interesting that we, especially with a lot of these films, we're seeing more. More, I think of a, uh, you know, the real world horrors. Yeah. To play like Get Out, uh, Jordan yeah. Peele, and all oh, Us that's coming up that yeah. looks freaking phenomenal. Ooh. Yeah, that yeah, does. That's, cannot wait for I that. I never
2: thought I got five on it would be scary, but like now I hear it and I'm like, doom, 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 doom. But I'm like, holy shit, maybe I should get ten on it, you know, just in case
1: <laughs> um something that we 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 always talk about we know we love celebrating women who in February, but something we obviously we should be celebrating them throughout um Katie, you are one of our all time favorites. We thank you so much for taking oh. the time for just mm-hmm. you know talking to us, uh gracing us with your presence, uh giving us the insight because i you know I've always mentioned it before. As someone that's a little bit older now it's it's tougher to make friends but through this podcast through the horror community through the genre community i've met some really cool people genius yourself included that i would have never done without being here so i you know just not only talking about all this fun stuff but just celebrating all the goodness that's out there and
2: and i enjoy your reviews yeah I, a lot of them i i am like yeah i i agree 100 percent. and i'm not like that with a lot of reviewers on like cisco and ebert and all <laughs> that kind of stuff but i i i, I dig your style
0: <laughs> oh thank you very much thank you so much and you know I try and make it fun because, you know, it's hard for people to go out to the movies and I want them to have a good time. And if they're not able to go out to the movies, you know, hey, check out the screen days because, I mean, those are good times, too.
2: One quick question before you go. Last time you were on on the show, I think you were talking about the lady with a knife and an apple in her purse. Oh, yes. What? Okay. Is there any continuation of that story or something else?
0: uh well it's uh she i still see her at certain screenings she she tends to sit more in the back now not like they had anything to do with me uh maybe it's because i kept turning my back when she tried to talk to me i don't know look listeners she had a knife in her purse with an apple because you know that's all i mean i mean you're in a movie you don't necessarily need to have someone with a that could brandish a weapon with you. So, Cutlery. always be careful if you think you want to like talk, do a little smack back to somebody because you never know what they got in their in their purse. It could be a knife <laughs> that they use for an apple or other things. <laughs> <laughs> but she's still there. She still has that distinctive laugh that unfortunately I hear, but it like I said wow. she's way in the back now. So, it's gotten much better much much better so you got
2: the blonde in the front and (laughs) And the lady with a knife in the back i think that would (laughs) keep as many aisles between the two as possible oh
0: yeah we Uh. are not friends no
1: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for being friends with us ultimately Um, but again remind our listeners where can they find you out on the on the interwebs there katie
0: I'm at The Blonde in Front oh on gosh. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and my blog, The Blonde in Front. And then you can also hear some of my um, reviews on uh, The Blonde in Front of Fear on Whorehound Radio on YouTube.
1: Excellent. Nice. Wow, nice little yeah, Definitely, I'll be checking that one out without a doubt. So... Thank you again, Katie, for taking the time out. Thank you, Genius. I know things have been pretty chaotic and uh, behind the scenes here, so thanks for taking the time, man, as always. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams.